Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode. Now before we get into like today's guest and stuff like that, I, I do want to say like I never even thought to do this last time. I really should have done it when I'd previously done the show. But I checked the DMs of the Instagram and Twitter of NKL's Combo and I never actually knew I actually helped some of you get jobs and make connections. I never knew that. Like I never knew, I never knew that until I checked it last night when I was at the gym with training partner and discussing various different competition stuff different stuff but then we were talking about it and i was like oh yeah check out this stuff by the way and it's amazing so well done to everybody that's actually you know got somewhere and done something in life from who i've talked to i hope it happens to the next people and so on so on so on but today's guest is a very is a different one but again with me being a football fan it and of all not necessarily one specific team just the game in general i like the game i like watching stuff and that it was good to have a coach but started off in like from an engineering background and then went from you know different different avenues it's going to be good to take it from taking way back to learn how he moved to where it is it's Derek Johnston how are you mate? Hi good mate hi good as, as you said um, quite a, a very journey so far so I'm looking forward to this should be a good wee chat. Yeah you did yeah so we'll go all the way back so what what made you because you did you did you started on um you kind of developed, obviously, your bachelor's degree in sports science, but then you kind of like, you kind of had a, a engineering. How did you go from engineering to football? I guess you played football and then kind of developed and you kind of moved over to the career or how did it start? So um, in terms of my, my career today, I'm a uh, time served CNC operator. Um, so basically, I... Normal, normal win. Went, went to school. Um, didn't really like school. Um, mm. Wanted to get out, out of school and an apprenticeship as soon as I could. Um, so that, that took me into engineering. Uh, done my, my work experience in a place called Wikishire Errands, um, which is a fairly big uh, engineering employer in Glasgow. Um, and my dad had worked there for 30 years. Um, my dad was in there, so that's where I went, went and done my work experience, basically, and during my work experience, the factory manager said, no, look, you've done quite well this week, uh, would you be interested in coming to work here, potentially? And I says, I, I definitely, says that was, that was part of the reason I came in work experience, was to, to possibly think about it as a career path. My dad, my dad wasn't informed me going into engineering, like everybody's dad at my age, my dad wanted me to get into IT, um, because IT was the, the boom career at that point. Uh, so I uh, basically worked up to get my apprenticeship, then I my apprenticeship, spent four years in my apprenticeship, although I got my my papers about six months early because I'd managed to part through my, my logbooks and things like that. So I get my time pretty early. Um, then it was time served, went on a night shift for a wee spell. Done about six months in the night shift before I went back to the day shifts. Um, changed the machine I was on, things like that. Had a, had a spell, um, obviously just working away and doing, doing what you can. And, um, actually get a sack. Um, so I get the sack in Wakisha because I was on the sick um, and went to a wedding stupidly and somebody told 
told the higher ups where I was basically. Um, and yeah, found myself kind of can't really say too much other than that because it is like non disclosure and all that. Once you get yeah, yeah. places, obviously, but to be fair, that was eight years ago now. So I said, when I came after me, all the best of them. Um, <laughs> good luck trying to get money after somebody that's a skint student. But mm. I um, engineering then uh, took me to place called Get Engineering for five weeks. It was a wee plastic shop, completely different from what I was used to. I was used to basically just batch engineering um, a components and making a specialised product because it was our product, Patricia. Then a plastic place that subcontracted work for different people and it was just a different world to me. Um, didn't really like it, to be told. Um, and I must get into a place, Mitchell Engineering in Cam's Lang. Um, and that, that coincided around the same time as I was getting ready to get married uh, to my wife, Leone. And we were, we ended up moving into a wee flat when we get married. We moved into a wee flat, first flat together. Uh, it was in a wee place up and halfway, Cam's Lang. And uh, six weeks after honeymoon, uh, I got. Made redundant at Mitchell, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So I found myself out of engineering altogether for three years. Um, and I, that wasn't too good. Um, kind of jumped about for a wee bit. I worked because of, because of, we just, just rented a house and things like that. Um, we had to stay in the house and get in the slang for six months. So to be honest, we didn't have the money to keep it. Um, but we just had to see see the lease contract through basically they wouldn't let us get out early. So we stayed there until about November, I think it was twenty sixteen, maybe even twenty fifteen. I would I November twenty fifteen, because we got married in twenty fifteen. Um and I was working at that point in a, a whiskey bond in London Road, mm-hmm. just doing a zero contract type job and just trying to get by basically um, and we moved in we then moved in with my in-laws uh, which soon as came out to talk to my wife originally from um, Amphrey Park originally um, mm. and up until, up until that point we'd stayed in Park for my days um, and I just just done a different path I ended up when we moved once we moved to Cut and Talk, I, I worked for another four months in the whiskey board, but it was constant back shift. Um, and a back shift was like two in the afternoon, start right through to midnight. And again, it was zero hour contract, so you only guaranteed shifts for one week to the next. You could have one shift, one week, three the next, and things like that. So mm. there wasn't any, like, you couldn't plan for anything. Um, you couldn't plan in terms of money, but you couldn't plan in terms of just life in general. Mm, yeah, so yeah. kind of get got myself to a point where I'm at, if I can get a job that's a regular wage, I don't care if I'm working for minimum wage, whatever, doesn't matter, just a regular job, um, and found myself doing a completely different thing um, in the in, uh, content and industry. Mm. Worked with uh, Teleperformance at their uh, site in Aviva's premises in Briggs. It was there, they've never moved. Um, I kind of took quite a bit of Trust service role, um, done 
done pretty well and within a year I was um, promoted from being on the phones doing some inbound customer service then some outbound retention stuff and I found myself going in to train people um, which was cool because I've always in terms of in terms of football background mm. wasn't much of a player wasn't much of a player at all um, amateur player and that, that's probably doing, doing it not even doing it justice mm. um, I was a hatchet man at best when it came to playing um, get them off my teammates let them go and play type thing and uh, coaching just came about quite early um, I was quite young when I got into amateur football um, I was I'm six feet six feet the new unfortunately about 16 story um, so, and I was always quite a big boy even when I was young um, to about 13 I've been quite quite stumpy mm. um, and I get into amateur football pretty early through my brother-in-law started playing a couple of teams with him and then um, was finding that I was at that point where I was probably as well too young so I wasn't getting games and I wanted to play and um, me and my mates were playing on a Friday night we were playing games against just boys for local local schemes basically we just play random but friendlies basically um, and from that we kind of formed a club AFC Bonnyhole uh, we started out where it was kind of like team was picked by committee basically for, through a few of us and we just organised everything together type thing. It was me that kind of said, look, we could go and play amateur football, no problem at all because we had a good enough football team. Uh, some players that went on to play at the, at the semi-pro level and things like that, that uh, talked to today. The, this afternoon, one of our boys is playing in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup for Clyde Bank, for example. So shows you that we had some talent in the team. Um, and I just, from that kind of, I took on running the team at one point. It was two, the two, two of our dads were, took over the team once we actually went into the league. They kind of took over the, the management of the team and uh, we kind of, after a, a semi-final, we kind of held a bit of a coup between me and uh, my best mate Baker. We kind of thought, look, this isn't quite working with the two dads. We should maybe look at doing something different. And the two of us said, well, see if it's just going to be trying to do something different. Something different could be us. Mm. And the plan was it would be me and Baker running the team um, until the end of the season and we would get somebody in. But it basically quickly became within a week me running the team because Baker's like, I want to play. I don't, don't want to deal coaching side things and that. He's like, are you alright then yourself and I'll, I'll help you with a kid and things like that but so it just kind of go up to me me run the team and I get the bug for it uh, 21 21 years of age running a football team then it took me into setting up another amateur team about two years down the line when I get married um, I decided to Bonnie home it was just time for me to stop stop the management side of things I had too much to focus on obviously newly married things like that you start to think well potentially 
starting your own family and things like that. So, mm-hmm. Bonnie Home folded in May 2015, and by May 2016, um, I was a co founder for Royal Union FC, um, which, as the name suggests, was was a Rangers team. Uh, still, it's a Rangers team, so it's pretty much a quite simple team by Rangers fans for Rangers fans type deal. Um, we we get the team off the ground, done really well in terms of sponsorship and things like that. The, the team was really well backed and within about, un, unlike most amateur teams, within about nine months, I had the foundations for success in there. Um, a really good squad, got to a cup final, sadly lost it in the first season and things like that. And things were looking really good, but I, I was... Um, I was actually starting to fall into a depression at that time as well. Sorry, um, And just made some stupid, stupid decisions during that time that made me fall out with people, made me made me just make an ass of it. Just as simple as that. Um, and I, I left Royal Union because it was the best thing for, for me and for Royal Union, really. Because um, it was starting to cause a lot of friction between guys and just... Just made an arse yeah. um, mm. big enough to big enough and ugly enough to admit that now. But I didn't really realise at the time that I was I was in a depression um, and a lot of it was career career wise that I became depressed because I wasn't I wasn't where I wanted to be. I wasn't seeing what I wanted to be. And I, I probably made that mistake of being being so young as well. The engineering background. I worked for the place I served my time was the like second highest paying company in Glasgow in terms of engineering. So I was at the age of 2021, 20, I was earning probably 32 grand a year. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of money there in your pocket and then to no be used to that, to be used to that and then go the complete opposite way and basically half your wage uh, doing our jobs. Mm-hmm. It uh, impacted me in ways I didn't really realise until until I started to commit my depression. Um, got sadly got to a point. Um, so from my depression uh, continued while I was working in the call centre and things like that as well. I went um, from the call centre back into engineering, uh, a place called All Access Engineering at Bishop Briggs as well. And it, it was the same, basically, it was the same guys from JN, um, but it was a different owner of the business. So we went into work with them uh, and was there for a good wee bit. And it got my, my confidence back in terms of being an engineer again, getting to, getting to be on the tools, basically relearning my trade to an extent as well, because I was out it for that long. But um, I found myself during that time just just didn't basically it was just low mood but uh, it probably came to a head at one point when I was threatening to take my own life and throw myself in front of a train in front of my wife after a night out where things just spiralled out of control uh, it was actually something I blogged about but the, the, the blogs and things like that have been taken down because it was one of these I didn't realise until recently it was a blog website that um yeah, after X amount of time they wanted JP for it and things like that and I'd just put it up for 
people to read through, basically. Mm-hmm. Where, the way I looked at it was um, West of Scotland Mail a lot of the time for no very good at talking about their actual feelings and, and things that they threw. So a lot a lot of my problems were probably caused during me me being drunk. Um between drink and as most people know nowadays in, in Glasgow and things like that, drinks involved, gears involved some point in the line as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I I just kinda got myself to a point where I I wasn't enjoying life, um, and I had a lot to offer as well, which was a sad thing uh, at that time. But slowly but surely, the right the right friends kind of pulled me out of it, and obviously support my wife, my family, and things. Like that. And um, it was at that time, so I, I'd left Royal Union and been out of football for about nine months, and uh, my best mate Danny had said to me. Dale, you, you really need to get back into football. He says, because you probably don't realise how much football does good for you. Um, and he was right. He was right. Um, and probably since then, I've kind of been on a trajectory with football in terms of using it for good, both for myself and for others. Um, so I went into a, a amateur team, FC Southside United, who were kind of like our, our rivals when I was at Bonnie Home. Uh, we, were the, we were the young upstarts, and they were a team that had been about for five, six years, and they couldn't take it because we would go take a piss at them whenever we played them, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat us in one game and celebrated as a one-a-thing type thing, and then we screwed them the following week just to prove that, look, we are much better than you will ever be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got a lot of stick after Bonnie Home Boys and I took that job on. But it was um, basically rebuilding Southside United. It was Southside United, but not all but name. Um, so I haven't in there, kind of used that as well to help myself with my depression. And luckily I have, and probably over the last 18 to 24 months, I've um, really just kicked on uh, football wise. What happened was I was um, working as a so engineer took me to a, a wee spell um, at plenty plenty of pumps in Hillington um, because I'd done, done quite well. I started to kind of not get hated, but guys in the recruitment team started to take notice of me and would put me forward for jobs here and there and things like that. To try and get me in the place, basically, or get back on to better money. Mm. And uh, plenty of pumps came up, but at the same time, I was in the process to get a contractor role in at Rolls Royce, which um, anybody in engineering will know is the best, the best job and the best paid job you'll get in Glasgow um, and probably in Scotland in Tanzania. And uh, the day I started in Plenty Pumps, I was also phoned and told we would like to offer you their own Rolls Royce. So I had just started a new job because although I was of the opinion, it's, it, that's a hard thing when you do things like that. You're going, hmm, what's the right thing to do? Do I, do I mess somebody about? And, and you feel like you're messing, you do feel like you're messing people about, but the way I seen it was, 
I take that job and if I don't get the Rolls Royce one, I'm quite happy there because it was a decent job as well. It was a good company to work for, been there for a long time and things like that. And um, I, I get the job in Rolls Royce and things started to pick up for me there. Um, just in terms of gen- myself in general, probably for about six months before all that, I was getting better. I was getting better. I was going into depression. I was starting to kick on a wee bit in life. But when I was getting into Rolls Royce, I knew that it was a six-month contract. Uh, at, no, I was going to say at best, but not at best. Um, that was that was the the minimum. Um, I could I could have led to a, a full time role if you were if you done well. They would take you on full time on their books basically. Mm. But um. Uh, I went into the idea well, six months in the line, what happens if... So I'd got to that point in life where I started to realise you can't always just go based on everything's going to be all right. I'm going to be here for the rest of my days working type thing. So mm-hmm. um, I went into the idea of what happens if it goes wrong and you don't get the job in the August. And I was looking at, before I got the job in uh, Rolls Royce, I was looking at college courses and things like that. And I, I found a HNC in football coaching um, at Cumberland College. And I just fancied it. And that's what I said. I said, I said it to my, my wife, the, the main person I spoke to about it. I spoke to my dad and my mum about it as well, obviously. But my wife was the main one that I says, if it doesn't work out at Rolls Royce, that's what I'm going to go and do. I'm just going to have a complete reset, get away from engineering, and see where it takes me. Mm. Um, and I, that's that's kind of where everything then since is built on. So college, went to college um, last September, so September 2020. Um, uh, in terms of Rolls-Royce, unfortunately, COVID kind of humped that. Um, ten, weeks in, ten weeks in my contract there, we were notified that we were because of, because of everything they were they were reducing staff. They they went through planning to up upgrade their staff and have X amount of new bodies coming in through the year to basically have to slash slash jobs all over the place. Mm-hmm. And because I was in a contract role, it's just second nature. You're, you're you're not gonna get rid of your own guys, you're gonna get rid of the guys that are on the technical users first. Mm-hmm. So ten weeks in we were we were um, Power jobs basically told that we would get an extra week's wage. But thankfully, the furlough scheme came in. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure I was going to get it. it. It felt like we were fighting for it as well at one point um, in terms of the, the company that I was technically working for because I was working for but not for them. That makes sense mm-hmm. because of the, the older contract work. Um, so it felt it felt like we were only going to get it, but eventually we did. So that, that allowed me to be comfortable um, during the furlough period, at least. And because of, because of the wages I was getting in Rolls Royce, I was basically paid the top, the top tier of the furlough. So I was sat in the house for four months, five months, and was getting two grand in my bank every month. You know what I mean? So you're going well. Oh. We'll just we'll just sit tight and see what happens. But at that point as well, I was preparing for college, um, and at first I, I an offer for an NQ, 
um, to get into a, an NQ. And to be perfectly honest, had it only been the NQ, I'm not sure I'd have went. Uh, I would have probably then returned to engineering. Mm. But that was soon then changed to an unconditional offer for the HNC. Um, I'd applied for the journey anyway. And when they changed it to HNC, that was me made up. Um, that's what I was going to go and do. I would take it for there. So I, that's in terms of engineering and how that then turns to football, that's a, a start on the story, mate. Yeah, that's, that's, wow, that's, uh, that's some story. Like, especially when you're talking about, like, the, you know, again, sorry to hear about, like, your, you know, attempt on your life and then, your, you know, your depression. That, that's, 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 I know people personally that go through that, like, depression and that today and it's, it's, it, it's not nice to see to somebody like even if like you try and help them you can't because they don't see help as it you can't really take them out of it it's such a weird 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 situation it's hard to like yeah so definitely hit home all of it when you said that sorry to hear that man but like again no something i'm curious about um is how did you you know you were saying you were getting out of depression but what was like there was something that you personally did to get yourself out I know you kind of changed your life around in that but was there something else you kind of like you know after you'd sat down and be like I can't go through this every day was there something you else set me. yeah 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 so uh, professional help isn't it? professional help that, that helps you at least that, that can help you I mm. think the biggest problem we've got just now in society especially in Scotland is there's not enough of that professional help given properly to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's massively, massively undervalued. And I didn't really want to get into politics because at the end of the day, I don't know your politics, I don't know listeners' politics, but yeah, you don't when have we've to got a government who when we've got a government who underspend their budget and then want to point fingers elsewhere. For me that's not good enough at the end of the day. Um I think I what 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 happens is a lot of times people maybe look for the help, but they don't get the help that they, they feel they need. Mm. I was I was quite fortunate in that what, what happened to me basically was I was put on a CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Um but it's just it's just an online course, mm. stuff that you do in your own time. But I also had that backed up with a regular uh, phone phone call from a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, who just basically checked in on me. We went through a logbook. That that was only like on paper stuff. We would do. I would go through a logbook with her, and we just talk over things. How are you feeling today? Are you getting better? Was wish I would like over the week and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whilst whilst I was doing that, I also through my football team. So when I was at, I was at Southside at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was quite open uh, with boys that what I was going through. Um, because I think biggest thing you can do, um, especially when you are a leader, is be be upfront and honest with what's going on in your own life. Because a lot of the times it will then build that relationship and a bit of empathy as well with guys that are going through things that you don't see away from the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that definitely happened for me. A lot of boys would open up about their own circumstances. Boys struggling with addiction, whether it be gambling, drink, drugs, whatever. Boys boys having relationship issues or different things. Um, 
but boys, boys would come to you because they're going, well, the gaffer tells us about it, so I can I can go and speak to him because mm. I know he'll know he'll not tell anybody else, mm. and that's that's my main thing. At the end of the day, if you tell me something, I'll take it. Mm. I'll take it in confidence and no no repeat a word of it to anybody mm. because at the end of the day, unless you want it repeated, it's sure it shoots nobody else's. Mm. Um, and just just like you've said, mate, when it comes to depression, depression is a bastard to get out. It's no for all I'm saying, I get out. Uh, that's that's not me being. Oh, look at me, I'm great. No, no. No, in the slightest. You still have days you're depressed. Um, you still have days that you think. I think the biggest thing with depression is you feel worthless at times. And I even get that just now. Like I've, I've no longer had a wee baby. Um, I say I've had my wife had. A wee baby. Yeah. Um, but the wee daughters come into our world, and at times there's days where I'm going, am I doing right or am I doing wrong? And, you question yourself, do you know what I mean? Um, but in terms of how how I'd get out as well, through the, the football team, we the, the club that I took over on FC Southside United had really strong links in terms of being a charity football team. They, they played in charity leagues and they'd done a lot of charity work. They played, played work teams and things like that, and that was how they, they kind of started. So I'd say when I were in... I think that's one way we can kind of reconnect the club to its roots and, and start to do a wee bit of charity work. And we just pulled the players because obviously when you do charity work at a football club, especially at amateur level, the people that do the work are the players and, and the managers and that as well, obviously the coaches. Um, but for, for that to work, for what was my idea, you've got to get buy into the boys. Mm. So we, we pulled, we gave gave the guys four options. I think one was so one was Erskine, one was I can't even remember the name of it, but it's a homeless shelter on Glasgow. The other one was Brothers in Arms, which is a, a male suicide prevention app. Mm. And, and and charity as well, but the app's the, the main thing. Uh, and uh, the Beatson uh, uh, cancer charity in hospital. Mm. So we we pulled the boys and it was brothers and arms and the beatson that the boys because that was closest to our boys' hearts. Um, they were they were like head and shoulders above. I think Erskine was the one that was close close as well, but even then I wasn't close. It was like one had five votes, the other two had fifteen type thing. So I all the guys basically we went, right, well that's what we'll do then. I says leave it with me then I'll go and have conversations. Um, with both charities and then we'll see what we can do for each other basically in terms of helping each other out. Mm-hmm. So we went and went up to the beach and met a, a lovely, lovely lassie called Alice who was absolutely phenomenal um, in terms of just her, her attitude and how she, how she represented that charity and helped them in terms of the fundraising department and things like that. Spent Spent probably two hours up there having. I'd been up for a quick coffee, and ended up being up there for two hours just having a, a brilliant conversation with a girl. And done the same um, with Brothers in Arms, uh, met Dan and Kieran from Brothers in Arms, and um, 
Café Nero a St. Enoch at Barkey St. Enoch. Sat and had a coffee. I sat and had a coffee with the guys and sat for, you know, at this point, I am both in depression, in a depressive mood, but also trying my best to come out of it and doing my CBT and things like that. And sat and had probably the most inspirational conversation I've ever had um, with anyone in terms of just seeing what the guys do and seeing where they came from as well, because they're the exact same as me. They've been through their own their own issues. It's not always depression for people. Do you know what I mean? Some people it can be bipolar, it can be paranoia. Sadly, mental mental health illnesses, there's far too many of them. Uh, mm. To talk about because we'd be here all day, Kyle. But definitely, I um. So from that chat, it really just got the ball the ball rolling for mm. me. And between that and then, so I was doing my CBT, but also started using the Brother in Arms Five app and things like that as well, and doing me different things. And I'm a reader as well, so I'm starting to maybe read the odd self help book and identify things that could help me bring that wee bit of structure back to life and help me try and come out of, come out of things. And I was still drinking at this point and that's probably the biggest change I've had. Um, I made the decision, don't get me wrong, if I've, I've, I've not stopped, stopped completely, I'll still have the occasional beer. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's probably a goal for this year is to just wrap those occasional beers on the head because I Spent the bells absolutely mortal. Um, just sitting my brother in as well. And it was kind of one of the ones, but it then made me go, like, just wrap that out altogether because I I have the, the unfortunate nature of when I've got a drink in me, I am a wee dick. It's as simple as that. I can be aggressive to the wrong people, the people who care for me most, and it's really no, really no helpful to me and it's really no helpful to them. So... I um that that was basically it in terms of coming out of depression. Things that I'd done were mostly just CBTs, started doing a bit of meditation, getting a wee bit more fitness side of things, done a bit of walking, but around back to the gym. Basically all, all the things that people will tell you to do. Mm. Just because people tell you to do it. It doesn't mean it'll work for you. You've mm. always got to find something that works for you. And, and the thing that definitely worked for me was reconnecting with people in terms of football. Mm. Um, and I, from from that, um, as I've said, in terms of my career path and things like that, it's changing and changed um, from college now to university. So I'm on a, a BSc in football coaching uh, performance with development at Edinburgh Napier uh, University, which is in association with the Scottish FA. So that that's the plan, really. Uh, get the degree, but within that, that degree, I also get my licences that will hopefully take me towards being a UFA licensed coach. And then I'll go after the pro licence because that's kind of my overall aim just now, um, along with full-time employment and football once once I put the other side basically yeah. education. Mm, yeah. Jeez, that's damn that's that's it, it's always like kind of like um 
am a little bit speechless to be honest but it's always it does make you speechless and make you think like the the you know you should I am I am speechless a little bit it's first time genuinely being speechless on a podcast but like the fact that you were in that then you came out but then you identified your self-destructing tendencies like you like you were saying you were becoming like just a completely different person then you managed to clear them now you're back and that's I never knew that connected with you first place that's that's amazing good on you and when you're saying um something I can relate to though um I became sober I'm 27 now I became sober when I was 18 so about nine years ago and to this day um it's it's not it's probably not the best thing to do to say to somebody that's trying to become sober but I can tell you like to this day I still miss drink like if I still nobody drinks around me like people I stay with they don't drink because they're like you don't drink so if I'm at the gym they maybe have a pint or something they won't do it when I'm around and you when you have that smell yeah. you're still like I miss drink it's weird it's, it's such a weird thing but be, even being sober for such a long time people have been like you must be used to not having it. It's like, well, drink is literally addiction. It's a poison. Yeah, exactly. When you smell it, you're like, it brings back the memories and you see people having fun with. But you, it's it's being sober is, it's it brings its own heartache and stuff like that because again, you kind of miss out on some stuff. Like, but at the end of the day, you're better, you're healthier, you're going to live longer, all this sort of stuff. It does, yeah, it does have its benefits. But yeah, that's something that I would definitely like push to yourself is that is that no matter even like how hard it gets when you can't have a drink or you see a drink like don't don't go back to it because when you go back that'll be it Aye. that's the thing Aye. that's um, that's the hard part as well in terms of that so it's probably changing now in terms of how i'm changing in terms of career and that becoming a, a football coach because I'm a, I'm a in terms of my younger younger days i say that younger days i'm, I'm 30 in july it's not as if i'm old but in terms of my youth, um, I was a football lad. Do you know what I mean? Like going to going to watch Rangers home and away um, was my thing. Met my wife through it. Was was part of the ultras scene at Rangers for about eighteen months. Um, was vice chairman of the Rangers supporters trust for two years. Things like that. I just football was my like in terms of being a, a football fan and. In terms of like the trust and things like that, a football activist as well. Um, I like that was that was me. So when you change to becoming a, a football coach, it does help in terms of changing not the circles you keep, but the the habits you have. Because mm. like just now, I'm uh, possibly going into management. Uh, that would see me managing that Saturday. Mm -hmm. So next season potentially I wouldn't have as many trips to Ibrox as I would normally have if I'm if I'm then managing a team and things like that. Um so that that changes just in terms of the things you do because football's one of the was the first thing you do before the football go for a few pints with your mates. So for mm -hmm. me it, I, I go over to the uh, Bell Houston Bowling Club with my dad and my pals and just catch up because like with me staying in Curtin Park even my dad I'd, I'll speak to my dad on the phone every week but I don't see him all the time do you know what I mean like you've not got that constant going over because it's a, a 16 mile trip from Curtin Park to Park so it's snows right I, I don't drive so my wife drives but I can't just go right I'm going over to see my mum and dad because 
two and a half hours between buses, do you know what I mean, as well at times, but the way timetables and that work out, especially at the weekends. Um, so, I that, and like, those those circles you keep around football um, probably build up some of the habits that you have and things like that. Mm. And uh, that's, that's slowly but surely changing for me as well. When you're saying about the beer and that, but mm. my my way around that is I've I've got any alcohol free stuff and uh, some people go to drink that from uh, you just have a just have a shandy if you're going to drink that or whatever or just have a beer for fuck's sake and um because people don't realise why I I'm not drinking do you know what I mean like mm. my my stopping drinking also to an extent coincided with my wife becoming pregnant I'd started. A few months before that, but me me stopping the drink also coincided with that. So some people then think, and that's probably how I slipped back into having a few drinks there at Christmas time and that, and then more than I, I was having, um, because people were thinking ah, I was doing it because Leonie was in the words in the drink because she was having the rain and things like that, and then um, ah, it's just it's just finding a way. Uh, Stopping, mm. stopping the the alcohol altogether. But to be fair, I, I, I've kind of when it, the alcohol free stuff, I've kind of found ones that I quite like as well, and, and they are like a normal beer. So mm. when I when I do get that wee bit like you're saying yourself, that you go fancy a beer, and, and because it, especially as you're saying, mate, beer at times will bring memories back. So for me, a lot of times football. And beer, there's memories there. Mm. Yeah, I'm also, when it comes to football, I'm a regular visitor to Hamburg in Germany. Um, in normal circumstances, I go over to Hamburg twice a year, mm. and that's a, that'll be another challenge. Um, next time I go over, uh, because it's, as most people know, but Hamburg as well is a bit of a party city, so it's, it's not a kind of place you go over to for a weekend and just stay in a flat, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yourself. So mm. do, doing doing that and um being being the guy in the pub that's sitting with a bottle of alcohol free beer will be uh, different to say the least. Mm. Yeah it's it's again it's about surrounding yourself. For for me for example um I know this podcast isn't about me but you, you might be able to relate in the sense that you went into coaching and stuff. I went into competing in a you know losing a lot of weight and now competing in strongman and things like that. And it, it's it's like you kind of replace that with the whole mentality of like, if I drink, for example, it's just near as, we'll, we'll just say it's 12, right? It's not, but we'll say it's 12, right? So if I have a pint, if I go to the gym now, if I have a pint, I've got training tomorrow. So if I get drunk, tomorrow training is going to be wrecked. Competition in two months is going to be completely ruined. It, it does, it's like, it's not so simple as like, a lot of people think when they become sober, it's like, one two three four it's not it's literally like one one point five then it could be like one point seven then it could be like one point nine then it could be like two point one but then you, it's not it's not it's, it's not a ladder but it does take a while to realize that like you actually have to you know figure out why you're drinking like you, like you did it was depression and things like that but again if yeah. is you were saying um your mates or somebody was saying that it was because is Naomi did you say that was your mrs your wife's name Leone, mate. Leone. Naomi, yeah. Does she uh, does does she drink at all? 
Uh, I Leone will have a drink every now and then. Um, she's no, she's not a big drinker. Um, mm. She never really has been. To be fair, she's a, because she drives. She doesn't tend to. She was always the one. I'll just take a car. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And to be fair, probably part of that as well was because of my my nature with drinking me that she's like, well, the two is kind of be drinking because when the two are drinking, he's either a dick or a wine summed up the ring wine I need to get me to the pub <laughs> yeah yeah so um, that's another good thing like because if she's not drinking and there's not a lot of drinking you know your your place in that that's definitely going that's it's such a weird thing like yeah everybody's like yeah you don't have drink but like if you literally don't have that much there you're not going to go out and spend tons and tons of money on it or like drink it all the time because there's other things you can do and the fact you have a child as well so it, it it's yeah there's like a lot more to it there's very eye-opening relating story i'm sure people will definitely be able to relate to you on that one like that's yeah that's that's it's as i say definitely like you should definitely be proud of yourself like without without a doubt even like the fact that you went from you know as you i don't want to keep saying it but the things you went through is a better way to put it now is that you it's do you ever find something i'm curious about actually is do you ever find yourself in like um what's it what we could you know, you're saying you don't drive, so say you're on a bus, maybe listening to music or whatever like that. Um, do you ever find yourself slipping down that little road again that you're like, oh, no, here we go. Here's the demons, as they say, coming. Hi. Um, so especially music and things like that as well, like, um, I think everybody's the same. You've got certain, you've got certain bands, you've got certain, certain things you can listen to that will put you in a certain mental state. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like if I listen to Oasis or The View or something like that, it, it puts me into that like bit of bad, bad mode. As mm-hmm. I, I hate saying things like that because it just sounds so cheesy, but it's true. I mean? like, mm-hmm. Sitting listening to Oasis on a Friday, right away you're going, did my dirt cut a pints. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And things like that. So I've I've found myself um podcasts is probably more what I listen to now mm-hmm. because if I listen to podcasts I find it educational. Whereas if sometimes if I learn, uh, if I'm listening to music, don't get me wrong, music's definitely like a place and probably where that music's good for me is on the bad days. Mm-hmm. I'll use it as a mood booster for the days that I'm feeling a wee bit of shit certain songs on things like that and it just helps me helps me break out of it um, a wee bit so I I know I can definitely get what you mean by that mate yeah yeah do so what's what's um what would you say is like what would be a good what would be a good number uh, we'll say we'll say three what would you say is your top three coping mechanisms when you do feel like you're well, we'll do two of them. I'll say, what's your top three coping mechanisms every day? And then when you are slipping down that, you know, unfortunate dark route, what's your three coping mechanisms that you're like, you remember then? Yeah. So in, in terms of general, general day to day, my three things are go a walk, mm-hmm. or go a walk, or go a run. And, and normally now, because I'm, pretty much 24-7 in terms of football coaching. You can do that on the way to a session or even out on the pitch. So, like, sometimes I'll set up my training session. I'm, I'm always, because I'm a commuter as well in terms of getting buses or trains or that, 
I'm always pretty early. Um, so I, I, I tend to be there. If I'm, I'm there and it's an empty pitch and I can go out, set up my session and just take a wee walk about and have that wee thinking, bit of thinking thing um, during that walk. I'm also a big reader. Um, and I'll probably probably try and read most days, whether it be reading a book or reading an article or something. Um, always trying, and I use that as a wee moment as well. I just take myself and de-stressing a wee bit. Um, I don't know, do you, have you heard of Mark Laurie before the Neddy Scientist? You ever seen Mark's stuff? Are they two motivational speakers? Nah, no, so Mark, 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 if you call Mark a, a motivational speaker, he'd probably take a jaw right off you. <laughs> uh, but Mark, Mark is a, he's a, a strength and conditioning and rehabilitation coach in Glasgow. Um, oh, okay. And uh, on, on Instagram, honestly, uh, search for Mark Laurie and Eddie Scientist, and I'll, even, I'll send you Mark's uh, Insta details after after we finish this. But um, I appreciate that. Mark is Mark is your typical Glasgow boy, and I I, I relate to him so much because he was he was another one. So like in terms of podcasts and things like that, I found Mark's podcast just as I was in that moment of going right. Let's get the heat switched on to college and things like that. But at the same time, I'm thinking, well, at that point, well, you're 27 year old. Do you really want to be the old guy at college? Hmm. And uh, Mark, Mark told uh, Mark done his own podcast for a wee bit raw talk, and and that Mark tells his stories of being that old guy at college, and a lot of it was so relatable. Um, and like we talked away and things like that. And actually, it wasn't until a while back now, but at one point I realised something. He used to work in the gym. I went to and things like that. Do you know what I mean? You piece wee bits of hair, but. Uh, Mark talks about kind of after a tangent, but Mark talks about that. What's it, what's he called again? That that moment where you just you just you're, you're walking about like a fucking wound up kettle. You've got so much steam in you, but you just need to let that wee bit. Out. Yeah, like the candle match situation. If you got light, a match is often easy to light. That type of thing. Aye, aye. So you just got to let that wee bit, wee bit of pressure away. Um, and that's that's probably two of my ways is by going to walk or doing something, um, doing something that can give me that wee bit of headspace, but also reading a book and just to be honest, the the last wee while thing that I probably started doing is just being that wee bit more thankful and grateful for what I've got. Um, don't get me wrong, at times being a student and Life's on maternity the room and things like that. You feel as if you've not got a lot in terms of finance and things like that, but still get a roof over our head, still get a fridge that's not full, but get food in it and get stuff there to eat. We'll get a beautiful wee baby girl, get two lovely families, do you know what I mean? So there's a lot to be thankful for. Um, obviously, my situation as well in terms of starting on that, that path to a new career, hopefully. And no, hopefully, because I, although I'm a student, I'm also working in the game. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm a paid coach now as well. I've got between my my four roles that I do, I'm paid for three of them. Um, 
don't get me wrong, it's not a lot of money that you make just now because being a full-time student and a part-time coach, you can't always, your availability crashes for things and working with four different football, three different clubs and I do one-to-ones uh, over Performance Academy as well on a Sunday morning. Um, so, uh, you've got time, time doesn't always meet in the middle with certain things, so a lot of times I, I probably don't make as much money as I could, um, but that'll change as, as my career progresses as well. There'll be a bit of accumulation of roles, I think, down the line, do you know what I mean, where I will maybe go like, drop this one off to do more here or vice versa. Um, so I, I basically, my, my free simple day-to-days are go a walk or just give yourself that opportunity for 20 minutes. Just give yourself a chance to go and be with your own thoughts for a bit. And that's, I used to like go a walk or go a run or whatever and listen to a podcast and that. But now I, I tend to even during that wee 20 minute spell. So I'll, I'll, when I go out for a walk, I'll normally go out for a bit an hour. I'm listening to a podcast and that, but I make sure that I've got that wee quiet time period during it as well where I don't listen to it and I just have a wee walk in my own head basically mm-hmm. um, and kind of use that to think over is there anything that's maybe, maybe winding me up that I've not spoke to somebody about that I should speak to them about rather than letting it annoy me um, then I reading, reading for me again is that we that we rest because it's hard as well like me as well uh, I'm, so now I'm on the grass at least 20 hours a week um, I'm also at uni for say another 15 to 20 hours a week as well but that's no including creating session plans sorting assignments doing the, doing the pre-lecture readings and this and that and the other. So there's a lot goes on in a general week for me. Um, so finding these wee moments where you've got 20, 30 minutes just to enjoy some peace and quiet and time for yourself is very important. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. And I think the thing that, you know, the, that I say with myself doing this, you know, this podcast and then doing another one but then having you know training you know two two and a half three hours a day and then having college myself hopefully what's was meant to be three years at uni but covid knocked everything up so they were like my local college was like look we'll take you on and you'll just learn here instead of having to go way down south so i was like i'll take that so uh, with that as well and with you know various different jobs and stuff it does it takes its toll but a lot of people do ask you know how do you cope with it and it's like because if i didn't have all this stuff going you're going to go down a route and your head's going to go down that route and that mental thing. And that's what you're kind of not afraid of, but you're aware it's there. So you're aware if you keep yourself busy all the time and you're always doing something with it, be like, you know, with your hands or with like on your phone or just something. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's incredible the time awake, the time you can spend and the time you're going to save not going down that dark route and things like that. It's, it's, and that's, that's your coping mechanism for me. Um, the, the one term I hate as a, a, a guy in football, and it's one of the most commonly used terms, is busy. Mm. Um, because it's it's used as a, oh, you're so busy, isn't he? 
confused as well done mate you're doing a lot it's fuck's sake gonna gonna stop doing too much because you're showing the rest of us up mm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah you're you're for me, I, I'm so busy because I use that as my coping strategy in terms of I keep myself busy mm. so that I don't wander off into bad thoughts or anything like that. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's it. And it's a lot of people don't realize as well is that, well, I mean, it's true, it's very true, I suppose. In Scotland, in that you do find the tend the busier you get and the more successful you get and the positions you get in, jealousy gets brought up. So, and instead of people, I mean, you, you correctly said it, instead of being envious, being like, you know, wow, how do I get to where he's doing? If he's doing that, you know, if he's doing that much stuff, how do I then get to that? It gets very jealous. Oh, can you stop doing that? Or can you meet? But then you know yourself. It comes down to like, do you stop doing that? Or do you kind of distance yourself from the negative? Of, well, we'll just be honest, the negative person that's saying that stuff, do you have to distance yeah. yourself? I can definitely relate because I had to like, not get rid of that's not a good way to put it because we're still there's no harmony there but i met I, me i was i mates with a guy from when i was 12 till 20 26 25 no 26 last year yeah last no last not last year two years ago sorry uh 26 and we are not mates anymore because of the negativity that he was bringing and i opened it up to him but then again that's because he went to university and stuff like that whereas i'm going now but i didn't then but i was more successful than him and he thought how are you doing that like you've not been a uni and i was like yeah but it's two completely different routes you can't compare me to you because we're you were trying to do business and i was doing security and had company blah 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 so you can't even compare yourself to that it's two different things we unfortunately split ways but again it, it there's there's no hard feelings there because i know for a fact he watches all these so there isn't but it does come down to a fact of like you have to get rid of sometimes it can be the people closest to you to then realize like that's you're bringing them down and that's the hard part i'd say getting through depression and that's it's not easy but it's doable it's always doable but the hard part is getting rid of the negative people and the negative facts that are there that's that's the hardest part i you very much become aware of your circles and how you can alter your circles like for me, for example, so I, I spoke about earlier on uh, setting up the team at Bonnie Home. Bonnie Home, we were just our best mates. Like, we grew up together with the same scheme. Team for the scheme, team was the way I used to always say it. Mm. Um, because we were just, just a tight-knit wee group. And we would burn each other's pockets for one minute to the next, do you know what I mean? We were school pals that kept the school going, basically, through having a football team. And um, it's only in probably the last few years since I've moved out here and things like that, that the boys the boys don't have much time for me and I don't have much time for some of them and things like that. But it's because of that that change in circles and for me as well, like I've got a different life to some of them, do you know what I mean? Like I've got my daughter, I've got also dealing with all the different things we spoke about and some of that is just like you create distance with some people. Mm. Um, and like that doesn't mean that I don't still love the boys as my pals, do you know what I mean? Like, if they pick up the phone, I'd do anything for them. But you don't, you go from being best friends to uh, it's my mate, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's different. It's different. And um, I can see that even in like my. My life so far, how I've altered, altered friends as well. It's funny when you're saying about like 
your mate was at uni before you and things like that. I've got that as well. My mate that I went everywhere to watch Rangers with Jack. Um, Jack was the one that went to uni and he was a student and all that. And we kind of grew apart. Mm-hmm. Um, he now stays in Geneva and works for the World Health Organization. So Jacko's done all right for himself. Um, nice, yeah. <laughs> and, and we probably, if anything, we've probably reconnected of late. Um, because he's seen what I'm doing there and he's gone I can maybe help deal with it. I can maybe like guide him through wee moments where he'll not be sure and things like that in different ways just because he's he's lived that student lifestyle that I'm, I'm currently living at times but yeah. I, I'm, I'm like the most unstudentish student ever like <laughs> freshers week what is that I've, I've been at uni for six months now I would not know where the student union is in Edinburgh, for example, and things like that, just because, as we spoke about, it's, it's your, your lifestyle um, is very different in terms of what the regular full-time student lifestyle is. Yeah, there's more... Um, I will emphasise a little bit, um, because well, I won't get any backlash from men- mentioning... I, I definitely not saying his name, because it's, cause it's just not... Yeah, for but there's more to the story than what I can say necessarily because he was kind of involved with the company, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so there's a little bit more to that. So that's why we can't reconnect. But then instead of like after we had a kind of, um, after he broke up with his girlfriend of five years, he, you student and he actually went to um, Harriet Watt University. And uh, he went from there. Uh, I go to the Orium right across the road to it. Um, every Thursday we're up at the Orium to do work with it. Yeah, yeah I know where you are. So, uh, it's, a weekly, it's a weekly visit for me. <laughs> yeah, he, he went there and then he Big moved. Big cafe and then he went as well. <laughs> oh, I mean, the people there are like beyond a joke nice as well. But he, uh, he went there and went for there for a year and then did a year placement in Malaysia and got with this girl because it was only them two out there or something. And anyway... Then he he ended up breaking up with her and then kind of took out on me a little bit. So I kind of held it back and I was like, yeah, cool. It's, as you know, it's one of your boys. You keep you kind of you don't keep your mouth shut, but you kind of let him express himself however he's going to do it. But then when he came to the apology, he kind of like didn't do an apology. Had like kind of a go on me, and then I was like, hold up, you knew I was suffering, and you still took all this stuff out. And it just it just came to like a big, and then you know, company went under and then he blamed me for it, but I was working 15 hour days. So I was like, how can you, it's not my fault. You're working four hours a day. I was working 15. So how's, I don't really want to get into that to be honest, because there's way more to that story than that's not what this is about. But anyway, um, that's why we can reconnect. But I do have like, um, you know, I don't want to change. Well, I want to change the subject a little bit because the, I do have questions I was wanting to ask yourself, but again, I'm sure everybody that's listening will, definitely be able to relate to you like 100 percent. like there's no way especially you're 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 so correct as well like nowadays especially with males i would personally say that you don't talk about your feelings it's not a feelings thing even boys in the gym my gym's a little bit different because we are we're athletes so i train and like um i don't know if you've ever heard of him but jamie barr he was competed in world's strongest man in 1999 and 2000 and i train in his unit so there's only 12 of us we kind of like it's a little bit different, but you kind of talk about feelings and what's going on in your head because you can tell when someone's head's not in the game. But men don't talk about feelings. I feel it's not, or he, they, them, don't talk about feelings. It's just not 
it's not right. But I do have uh, some questions I do want to ask you. Um, as you were saying, you know, engineering and coaching and uh, things like that, is, is that what you've always wanted to do? Or was there something else when you were younger that you were like, that's, I would rather have done this particular thing? Um, when I was a wee wayne, I loved fireman Sam. So I, uh, like originally I grew up with wanting to be a fireman mm-hmm. in my head. Um, and then as I got older, I went out and uh, <laughs> um, the, the, one, the one thing I did think about was, yeah, I say think about it, I gave it thought because I was told to give it thought by teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a really good cook. Uh, done the whole make smashed home make out the part in terms of my practical stuff uh, get a one for uh, a credit a credit one or whatever see that's the difference now as well so many people have like different grades and different ways of saying it and that but mm-hmm. i basically top mark in terms of my, my practical exam for uh, cooking home ec and so many of my teachers would just say like you should really think about getting into cooking as a career um but I had pretty much decided I wanted to be an engineer and I was going to be an engineer. And part of the reason that I said I'm definitely not going to get into the cooking side of things was just realising that the long, long hours that these people have to work. Um, I didn't quite fancy the 60 hour weeks and things like that. So I just, that that was probably the, the thought. Um, but in terms, I really, as an then it was I wanted to be an engineer, uh, and I wanted because of because of the type of people I met and the place I served my time, and that I my perfect career path had that ever played out would have been to work at Wikisha Burns all my days. Uh, I would have been quite comfortable staying there until I retired. But what's for you won't get by you, my man. It's my old dad says. Exactly, exactly. That's a yeah. My mom says the same thing. I don't, unfortunately, don't have a dad, but like my mom says the same thing. She's just like that. It's like even when you know nowadays you don't get jobs or you don't do this, you don't do that. It's like it doesn't matter. Like it, like it does because you literally don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. But what makes um? I, I guess I already know. I kind of think I know your answer to this question already. To be honest, but. What makes you want to pursue your passion as in coaching and things like that versus like, because engineering won't be nine to five, but like it'll be like, a, we'll just say the normal nine to five type job. Yeah. Um, to be perfectly honest, mate, it's, it's a sport I love. Mm. It's a sport I love and my, my overall aim is, and it's a wee bit scary when you say this, I've done a, a podcast at the start of the week, Soccer Coach Weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get asked the same question like what's your, what's your overall aim or what's your ultimate goal uh, and mine's is quite simple I'd love to be the manager at Rangers one day but it takes a shitload of work to be that mm-hmm. so we'll see I might I might, I might uh, reach for the stars and just come out of the gutter don't know but I'll keep trying um, yeah. so I really for me the now in terms of long long term but not too long term so probably next five to six years well I to be honest um if I've not got it in the bag for the end of 2028 20, then I would be disappointed um is 
to at very least be a UEFA Pro licensed coach and at very least be working at a club in the Scottish Championship mm. as there's the manager. No, yeah, there's no reason why that can't happen. That's the thing. There's no reason whatsoever. And because I think, because of the amount of stuff you've actually done and things like that, you know, run a club, manager, all the other things like that, I think you've probably... I don't want to like jinx it, but you probably a higher chance because you've actually have the experience and the qualifications versus just having the qualifications. Like that's the difference nowadays. You have to have that material, you know, audio, video, whatever it is, background behind you, like the stuff, like stuff you've actually done and the qualifications, not just the qualifications. Yeah, yeah I'm totally with you Most for it. Thing. Most frustrating thing you'll ever read, and also that's what any. 20, 21 year old that's out there maybe listening to this and God help you if you manage to get an hour and listen to me but um, <laughs> when, when you read that job advert that says essential must have 10 years experience still put your CV in see mm-hmm. if you've got the qualifications but you can talk about yourself someday might just give you a chance yeah. some won't but some will so still put it in don't, don't let that stupid, stupid line of experience, because at the end of the day, how do we get experience? Somebody gives us an opportunity, and that's how we gain experience. Mm. And you never, if you, they say if you can, uh, if you've got the gift of the gab as well, you can literally talk yourself into any situation with anybody. It's, it's incredible, some of the stories you hear about people, but what would you that's say? Um, definitely something I've got, can sell Santa Arabs at times when I really need to. <laughs> Well, uh, what's your uh, biggest flaw professionally and then what's your biggest flaw personally? Um, personally, it's probably my narrow-mindedness at times because mm-hmm. when I'm set on something, I can be far too set on it um, and maybe no listen to opinions of other people and it's probably something I've reflected on the last year or so and realised Need to start listening to people a wee bit more down. Um, professionally, my biggest flaw. This isn't me sitting going, I'm struggling to get one. I'm, I'm struggling to narrow it down to one. <laughs> um, my um, professionally, I would say, so what would I say are my strengths, first of all, to try and identify my flaws? I'd say I'm a, a strong organiser. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty, pretty good in terms of planning and things like that, and I, I'm good at creating a, a good environment and a good culture, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously quite quite good in terms of leadership, but probably, see, to be honest, probably that as well. Um, so I'm, I'm a good communicator, but maybe sometimes not a great listener, mm-hmm. um, and that's probably something I need to become better at. I've even found myself in conversations of late, like, so being a football coach, especially a football coach that's going through all the educational things that I'm going through just now, you get a lot of feedback. Mm-hmm. But uh, I found myself probably about a year ago at times getting that feedback, but going, aye, aye, and oh, but this, and, and, and probably in the last couple of months I've realised, Eric, do you yourself a favour? Just shut up and listen to what that person's <laughs> telling you just now. <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely relate to that one. More so, I think this podcast has developed my skill in that. But when it comes to outside influences, yeah, it's definitely something that 
I've dealt with. But, you know, not to take up too much more of your time, but I do have a, 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 a question that, like, I love asking everybody because it's, like, it, it it's very necessary to have this, like, um, have this thought in your mind when you want to go into such, like, a, a public place, like a public position, whether that be coach, video, whatever, you know, personality will say. Um, do you think nowadays you should watch what you post on social media versus, you know, to, to an extent, obviously I get like, to preference this question, um, I get you need to be yourself. So you do need to bring that across. But do you think because of employment and, you know, whether it be a public position, not a public position, do you think you actually do need to watch what you post on social media? Literally before we came on this call, mate, I watched that clip that you just posted with Harry. All right, yeah. <laughs> got me thinking exactly, exactly of this question. Anyway, um, it's my favourite question. Definitely, <laughs> you definitely, you definitely do need to, um, because sadly, that's that's how people judge you now. Um, is they'll go and do the background check on you and the first thing they're doing a background check is go and scroll through your social media mm-hmm. and, and to be honest I'm, I'm someday in terms of career I use my social media very very prominently um, mm-hmm. because it connects you with people and big big part of football coaching and football management and things like that is network building um, and I can sit in a day and through power of social media be it LinkedIn, be it Twitter, be it Instagram, be it Facebook, whatever. I can sit and speak to coaches all over the world and understand their experiences, get to learn from them. Like this week, for example, um, I have connected with the under-17s German women's national manager, uh, Fritzi Comp, who was on Ed Bauer's podcast. And... Uh, I just tweeted how much I enjoyed it, and from there I've like spent bits of this week pinging messages back and forth to Fritzy and just talking about things in general because at bubble football coaches, she's at a higher level than me, so you, you can learn off these people at the end of the day. And if people are good in terms of giving their time, then it's always it's always great to try and try and um, I wouldn't say emulate their path, but try and Thing I, the thing I always like, uh, don't know if you know John Johnson, guy does the football mindset, he works with a lot of football players, he's a, a mental skills coach, mm. but uh, JJ says success leaves clues, and I'm a, I'm a big believer in that, so be it podcasts, be it books, be it conversations, that's what I'm looking for, uh, successful people, how, how much, how many clues can I get from what they've done um, and how can I use that to help me mm. so I um, social media it can be can be a great thing but it can also be a bad thing like for for me for example if I get to the level of positions that I, I want to get to I know for a fact already there are things that will be brought up and flung in my face mm. but I also know how I can justify those things that happened. For example, with me, right, so um, 2012, I was, as I said, I was a football-going boy, went to games here, there and everywhere. I was charged with a sectarian breach of the peace whilst at a Dunfermline versus Rangers match. 
Right, okay. um, and my my picture wasn't put. I think a picture might have been put in an infirm on paper um, because I, I can vaguely remember telling a cameraman to get his fucking camera out my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my name and address was put all over national news and local news. Uh, the Evening Times published my mum and dad's home address, but stupidly put that we lived in Crookston rather than Pollock, which led to much abuse from my mates because right away they says, did you like them telling me still stay in Crookston because it's a nicer bit than Pollock? <laughs> uh, but it was just their error. Um, but things like that, for example, I know that will come back up, but I won my case. I get a, a not proven verdict. Um, and I got a not proven verdict because they weren't going to give any of us. So it was three of us charged with the same thing. Mm. It was right before the Offensive Behaviour at Football Act came in. So it was government-led arrests, basically. They were making the police make this an issue. Um, and I can safely say that back then, they could have probably arrested me at most games, most games for that and got a charge and I would have been guilty. But on the day that they lifted me, I I wasn't I wasn't singing much. I was loaded with the flu, mm-hmm. but still went to the game because I'm not missing a game back then. That was just my mentality. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I actually had, so I get a not proven verdict, but during, during the case, one of the undercover cops who was sat four rows behind me uh, actually said I lied. And and then when pushed by my lawyer, says, oh, I, I omitted that from my statement. So things like that, for example, um, don't help and will be brought back up, no doubt, in future for me. Um, but that's that's it um, we all have a past at the end of the day and what I would say when it comes to using social media is um, try, and, try and be cognizant of your type mm. so like say me for example um, I know I had to go back and delete tweets I know I had to go back and delete tweets now for example I'm, I'm an employee at various football clubs now so one of the first things when you get into any football club they'll tell you to do is check the social media policy. I'd, I'd cleaned my Twitter 18 months ago. So uh, I already knew that uh, you might be some of, some of the things you said when you were younger, like the Facebook memories is probably a godsend that way comes up every post that you ever made and some of them you see and you absolutely cringe and the first thing you do is go delete that because you sound like a right wee knob mm. uh, and then you get back and look at you look at Twitter and you do your searches for certain months that you know you'd probably said and you find that and, and I um, the reality is I, I'm 30 years old in July I am a much better person than I was 10 years ago because mm. I have life experience now and I have maturity on my side 
things that I understand how my words can be words can be seen in today's society and uh, I tend to I tend to live life based on a very very simple rule of don't be a dickhead mm. and that's, that's probably the first thing when it comes to social media that a lot of people need to learn don't be a dick don't mm. Don't be abusive to people. See at the end of the day, see if it's not something you agree with, scroll past it. Because mm. at, at the end of the day, you don't realise how much harm your words can cause. Like, for example, eh, I don't know if you've seen this, Kyle, but so I work with Stenhouse Muir's women's team, first mm. team coach at Stenhouse Muir. Eh, we played Rangers two Sundays ago. And after the match, uh, our captain was subject to two horrible comments from knuckle dragon males who don't have a clue about the women's football game in general and probably don't have a clue about women in general because they made comment on our captain's weight when at the end of the day this lassie could I mean, I made in a phone box. Hmm. She is a phenomenal football player. The two guys that put it on, one of them deletes it right away because he realises I'm a fud. The other one stands by it like some badge of honour. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure even the two of them realised that was a dickish thing to do. Um, but that, that's it in, it in society. Sadly, sometimes people type then think rather than think then type yeah the, what yeah definitely relate to i can relate to that in the sense of getting it um because like uh but I'll, as i say to people it's like if i if somebody messages something negative or if they write something that don't reply i like the comments say i appreciate your comment and i'll dm them and uh, i'll openly say what i dm because it's not bad um and people that i highly doubt they'll watch this podcast if they don't like me because it's my main social media that gets it but I just say to them you know I really appreciate your comment but you do realize your negativity shows the fact that you clearly weren't brought up right by your parents that should have told you not to be negative on social media and I'm definitely not saying the type of words I get back from saying that but it's true like it's 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 not all the time but it does come a fact that true you should have been brought up not to comment on someone not to give someone abuse on social media because you don't like them or you don't like what they say or not like it's just very 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 like yeah you're definitely true but the last question i have um it's projection mate yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly the the last question i have um to not to keep you any much longer but have you and i have a feeling i know what you're going to say to this one but have you ever had to face your fears before? And if so, if you did, if you have, how did? Well, I know you have. So how? And I kind of know how you dealt with it. But have you ever had to feel with your face your fears before? I, I mean, but the the wee the wee way in me can help but laugh when I hear the word fear because right away, I, like as you can tell, I love sport. Um, I love football, but I like sport. Um, other sports, and one of my favourite films is Coach Carter. <laughs> that's my, my that's my go-to before a big game and whenever I hear fear I just think what's your deepest fear young man <laughs> um, <laughs> I have definitely faced fear um, mm. whether it be 
in life it would have been a career but probably the way that I've found to face fear is by realising you don't take things you fear on alone mm. um, if you've got the right support network around you and I certainly have now because as we were talking about you alter your circle you find the right people you, you create that circle that works for you really um, I've got a support network around me that allows me anytime I'm not sure or I'm a bit scared or I'm fearful of what comes next I've got the right type of people around me that I can go like I'm not sure about this what do you think I can have the conversation like I'm kind of going through that process just now as well yeah, I've got potential don't know yet because I've not been offered that but I've got a potential change in rules coming up and with that I've kind of had to have some of the conversations of, do you think this would be the right thing to do or do you think and eventually you, you think things through enough to come up with your own answers don't you and I think fearing things is something we'll have it's human nature at the end of the day yeah. but within that within that moment of fear it's also just about realising the thing you fear could could lead you down a better path mm, you yeah. just don't know until you've tried it and that's that's something I've learned um, give it a try give yeah. it a try see if you don't like it worst thing you need to do is say I'm not doing that anymore Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to like thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. You know, especially like you know, you are one of the 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 people I speak to in that that genuinely is busy a lot. So like, I do appreciate. It. But before we go, there's two things there. The first one is um, I want to ask: Do you want to give everybody your the, for the listeners your uh, your social media? It will be in. I will get it off you anyway. Put it in the bio and stuff if you want. But do you want to give everybody? I mean, I. Aye, not a problem. So um, in terms of social media, you can get me um, if you are in terms of a football professional things like that. LinkedIn's the best place to get me and just search for my name. That's the easy one. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of people wanting to talk on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, just search for uh, either the Glasgow football coach or the, the username is always the Glasgow FC purely because I don't have enough characters to go to fill the Glasgow football coach. <laughs> um, so I, um, in terms of anything, whether that be talking about football, talking about life, talking about battling through depression, whatever, anybody wants to talk, DMs, the, the old cheesy tagline of my DMs are always open. Um, yeah. I, I love I love talking to people, mate. I love talking mm -hmm. to people. something that I do on a daily basis in my jobs at the end of the day. I like speaking to people, I like I like learning about other people as well. Uh, I like I'm I'm not a great I'm probably not the greatest person to um answer problems, but I'll listen. Mm. But all I said earlier on listening listening to feedback can be something that I need to get better at. I can listen to people. Um, it's just that feedback part that I need to get better at. And, and when it comes to time, mate, don't worry about time as well. I'm I'm uh, still in isolation until tomorrow. So if you've got any questions, fire away, mate. I'm I'm cool for at least the next half an hour before the wife starts to go. You're meant to have a win the day. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, there's there's not a lot to be honest with you because like again, you um being able to like relate to you in a lot of things. And I know people that watch this because again, I do get messages from people and stuff like that 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 know that mental health is something that um again as we said as we went over it doesn't get talked about enough but it does come to the sense of like even admitting to yourself or looking at yourself in the mirror in the mornings or the afternoon or whenever you look in the mirror I guess and being able to say to yourself look I'm not actually it's not that you're not well it's that you're actually struggling a little bit because if you can identify it first that's the next step is being able to tell somebody you know whether that be like somebody sees this and messages you, messages, you know, goes in the way and tells their mom or tells, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, wolf, whatever you have. It, I think that's something that we need to like encourage nowadays versus instead of this like shying away from it type thing. The, the, the thing that probably helped me a lot is a change in conversations, mate. Um, so thankfully mental health has now been talked about more than it probably ever has, but it's still got ways to go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that kind of helped me as well. So like, um, I don't know. Do you listen to Sean McDonald? Uh, I know who he is. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. So so I I, I love Sean stuff to be honest because just like us, mate, just like us, it's real conversations with real people. It's mm-hmm. no it's no somebody trying to sell you something. It's just an honest conversation. Yeah, uh, and the. the Best thing I ever heard was a guy who I've been lucky to become friends with now, um, Aaron Connolly, who is the founder of Time to Tackle, which is a, a mental health charity uh, that uses football to to support people with mental health issues and things like that. Um, but as I told his story on, told his story on Sean's podcast and. I was listening to it in my kitchen that I'm sat in just now and floods of tears because I realised so much that that's kind of where you've been. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite as bad as as I had that, but so much it was relatable to a point where it makes you go. And that was that was the moment between that and my wife saying, look, it's time we go and get some help. We need to go and speak to somebody. Mm-hmm. Those two moments kind of coincided within days of each other, and that that was a point where I went, I time to go and try and get fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it something that um, this is a very like uh, it's not controversial. Well, it seems stupid in the outset, but I know where the person again won't say who it is, but I know where the 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 person's coming from. I tried to convince him to go and get help because, again, it's the, the, he wasn't quite at the suicide stage yet, but you could see he was going down that route. You know, stopped really stopped communicating with all of us, stopped really turning up to work. It that was back when I had the company, things like that. But he said, "Kel, why would I go and talk to a therapist when um, if I'm asking the therapist if the, if I'm opening up the therapist with all this stuff that's going on?" He called them the demons in his head. He wasn't like mentally unwell but that's just what he called them he said but the therapist yeah. isn't actually ready to tell me like what she's up to at the weekend or where she's been or she knows that she's not going to open up nothing and I'm like well because it, there does become and then I stopped and I was like I see where you're coming from but they're not right. there to be your mate like I'm your mate you know these guys are your mate. there's a bunch of us there's four of us 
five of us in total there at the time, but I was like, they're not there to be your mate. They're not there to listen to that. They're there to listen to you and get your problems better. I can see where you're coming from though, but they're not going to tell you what they're getting up to the weekend or none of that. It's not, it's not their thing. I, I, I get that though as well, because see at the end of the day, the, the thing that gets you through with depression is human connection. Definitely mm. as in like for me, for example, and that's what I mean when I was saying earlier on about I don't think there's enough funding given to the right areas and for things to happen. So an example of that, right? So my best mate that I spoke about, Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny killed himself last year. Jesus it, Christ, man. Breaks my heart. Yeah. Breaks my heart. Sorry, because yeah. I but to be fair, once you then find out the story after, you're going, you wouldn't have spoke to anybody. I was his best mate. Mm. I would like to think, he was my best mate, but I would like to think I was his best mate as well. And he wouldn't even have spoke to me about the reason that he'd done it. Mm. The reason that he'd done it as well. He shouldn't have done what he'd done, but it kind of makes you go, do you know what, in his head. It was the right thing to do because he just didn't want to get through pain anymore, and that was that was health health related stuff, and it wasn't mental health, but it was mental health because of the health issues and things like that. So, ah, yeah, that's, that's just hitting actually. Not yes. it like that. That, I, that probably sounds a lot worse than it was meant. It's not meant in any bad way at all because. Just the way you try and process it, you need. Uh, but I um, thing is as well, man. Is that, that yeah, he'll have to. Uh, he he'll he'll the 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 yeah. It's a it's a it's a strange subject. But like when you hear about something like that, and when you hear about people doing that, it does one. It thinks about your own mental health, but two. You can never ever I've never had anybody do that like in in like in friends wise and nothing like that but something I have been told it's that's very relatable to people is my auntie was my best mate when I was 27 I went I think she died when I was 17 so but she was like my best we got bullied at school she was like my best well not outside of school in school was in inside school was fine so when I quit school it was fine but uh she was my best mate and stuff and she said to me, one of the last things went through, I seen her was that when I pass away, she knew it was happening because she'd got really bad dementia and she just, she knew she knew she was going, like she completely changed yeah. herself. She kind of was developing that relationship with me. She said, the thing you have to remember, Kel, is that when I go, don't feel, don't be sad and that I'm gone because at the end of the day, you weren't sad when I'm here. So why are you sad when I'm gone? Like, don't be like, she was like, at the end of the day, I'll always be there and always have that spirit, but know that, memories. yeah, I don't want you to be sad. I don't want you to be sad every day because if you're sad, it'll make me sad and all this sort of stuff. It was a very, very, very emotional, as you can imagine, conversation, but it's relatable to a lot of people. A lot of people remember that. It's like, yeah, okay, well, if that happened and she said that, we get where you're coming from and you can pick, I'm sure yourself, you will like pick parts of that and then relate to it quite easily. I no, definitely, because that's kind of like the thing for me as well, that, like, when it all happened with Danny and things like that, we just, then the day when that happens, the whole world goes upside down for a, a period, doesn't it? And the, the one wee bit for me was finding out that, like, 
my, my biggest my biggest concern was so his way of sending a message to me and the team was that he put a love heart into the group chat that nobody really noticed it like and it was literally before he'd been it. When you find all this out, do you know what I mean? Eventually everything kind of gets unraveled and you find out the story of what happened. Mm. Um, and in a way that that consoled me a wee bit because there's there's some day moments away for taking their own life. And their wee thought is I want my pals known a wee way that I love them. Mm. And and um, finding out as well different wee bits of what what happened then pieces wee bits and make sure you guys mm. and sitting here and tears try to fight them back the, the last the last thing Danny would want is me sitting in tears because of him exactly that's uh, what I'm saying then not on go it's just that's that's um, that's the horrible part of suicide then but um, if you if you don't get a reason, it's very hard. I know that personally because um, I'm the grandchild of someone who committed suicide and never left a note. My, my granddad, my mum's dad, um, done that, um, left a family of 10 behind. And I've also seen, um, so I've had, like, in terms of my life, Two people I'm close to before Danny as well also done it. Um, like friends and friends and families, like mums and dads and things like that, taking their own life. So unfortunately, it's been something that, and that was why it was that was why as well when I got to that moment, it was in a mad way probably the thing that helped me most mm. because I never thought we get to that stage so when I got to that stage I realised no you need to you need to do something here or you're going to end up going the same way mm. and I, that's probably the the redemption side of it for myself but I just um, I can't even remember see now I've got nothing that much a tangent but I can't even remember the original question to be honest the thing is though so, yeah I mean the the I I I feel like um when people do go off on tangents, you've said that a lot. But and uh, people have said to me um I suppose I shouldn't really I won't say who, but certain people when I've spoken to them on the podcast have said to me after the thing, oh sorry, I rambled on about this for twenty minutes, twenty five. I'm like, why are you sorry? Because there's no point in me stopping you. Because at the end of the day, if I stop you, somebody could have been like, oh damn it, I wish I had done that because I was listening, I was relating to what you said, and especially nowadays. I'm not saying it didn't happen before, just the preferences. If, you know, you're, you're hearing this now because I said this before, I mean that because nowadays people just don't, you know, they don't express themselves. So the fact that you did, you never know what somebody could take from it. It's like, be able to take, in personal ways, I'm able to take some stuff from what you've said and other people will as well, and that you can't be, once you're, once you, the, a lot of people tend to like, I know I'll use the word busy again, but they tend to do a lot of stuff and things like that. But then they take, then they start to neglect their mental health. So they start to use it. I was saying it earlier on as in a positive. So they're using it to be busy in the sense of they're not taking the time out of their day to actually focus on them. They're just shelving it. But if you said a shelving it, if you kind of stop what you're doing, like what you did, 
and then get better and then jump on your career, you're actually going to be able to go further and faster and harder at that particular subject, whether it be football, golf, gym, DJing, so got a hat on, whatever it may be you want to do, you'll be able to go harder at that specific thing because of, you know, you've got a better mental health thing. No, that's, and it's definitely gave, gave me a, a drive as well um, in terms of my career and things like that because, go, do you know what? Let's just go on. Mm. Fuck it. Mm. Either, either succeed or I'll fail, but it won't be for the lack of trying. Yeah. Would you say it's um? Would you say it's made you a stronger person now? Because you will, as you'll know yourself in that. Again, I'm not. I've, I don't support one team. I'll go to any game. Like I just, I like, I like the sport. I'm not like one of those guys. I'm not like a die-hard, you know, Rangers, Celtic. Dungeon United, Perth, because um, Perth's just a Yeah, I, I just like the game of football. Um, so, but see when it comes to like, when you do get to that, because when you do get to that position, you want to get to where that be at any team, would you say that, how are you going to be able to like, deal with the negativity you'll get? Because no matter what role in life, especially when it comes to football, you do get a lot of negativity. You see it a lot, but the managers get it, the teams get it, the players get it. You've, you've clearly said it, they're on the, you know, the manager got it. How are you, do you know how, if you don't know, but do you know how you're going to be able to deal with that or are you just going to, do you think you'll just develop it at the time? Same way I do now, mate. Just block it. Mm. Just block it. Don't, don't, don't put my energy. I just see it. I, I take the old, the old heater analogy, but um, at the end of the day, you can put positive energy in and get back out that positive energy if you just focus on the positive. Um, if you allow any negativity to come in, all it's going to do is drain that positive energy to get out of the other side. Mm. And that's, for me, um, like you, earlier on you were speaking, for example, right, because, because I kept and things like that when I was younger, I've got trolls who still came after me at times and wanted to come out with snide comments about this, that, the other. Battering. Battering. See if you're that sad cunt who's sat in your gaff on a Sunday morning and you're first thought while you're out your head on cat coke or whatever you've been taking through the day or if you're just bevied. And your first thought is, oh, let's wind up that ginger prick. Wow. Mm. Wow. Thanks, mate. Thanks, because guess what? You're thinking about me, man. You're thinking about yourself. Mm. And that's that's pretty much when it comes to the negative side of things. I've already learned all that. And I've not even got to the level I've got to I want to get to yet. And don't get me wrong. If I get if I ever get to the, the ultimate goal level, the the negative energy that I'll need to deal with, there will be a lot of. But my my simple way will be to just go out as best I can. And yeah. I don't know if, if that if that then means for all I use social media just now, if that means that that changes at some point, we'll see. We'll see. Because to be fair, to be fair, that's that is the main way that people are negative these days. Because not enough people have the balls to say something to you in a pub, face to face or whatever. Um, so we'll hide behind the we'll hide behind the names on 
Twitter and faceless accounts and whatever and say a lot of garbage but no backup. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, again, yeah, you know, I do really appreciate your time and the thing is that, you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it's definitely, I'm a little bit speechless to be honest about a few things you said, but because it hit home a lot and um, more than I necessarily want to speak about. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. And, you know, again, I really appreciate you opening up, especially considering I didn't actually, a lot of people don't know when I speak to people, I use, you know, LinkedIn and stuff. I don't necessarily talk about what we're going to talk about because it's not, it's not, a, you know, it's not a, I'm not coming after you for yeah, it's not a news. I'm not a news agent. I literally do it to help so I can figure out and help people figure out how they got to position so then they can implement that and help people. That's all it's about. There's no, there's no questions that shouldn't be asked, nothing like that. So, like, I, we never prep, and it did take me back a lot, as you barely clearly see. And I'm sure it's you've definitely helped people. So, I really want to, I, I do appreciate your time. And I, you know, thank you for everybody that's watching this. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of proud people that the fact that you've managed to come out things and come out the other side and actually get in an amazing position to be honest I am um, to be honest mate anybody who has watched this and taken anything from it if you want to if you want to chat send me a message send me a message and we'll talk mm. um, because at the end of the day this is successfully closed and would like to think I've not been as successful as I want to be, but I've had a small level of success so far. Still got a long way to go. Still got a long, long way to go. And I might not have that success that I want, but the, the, the golden nugget in terms of how did I get there, it's quite simple. Work your ass off. Mm. And it's, it's cliche and everybody switches off as soon as you say it but you genuinely can't you cannot replace talent mm. with hard work and vice versa you need to work hard if you're talented that's just 20% of it for me the other 80 is that the hard work that you do to get there and yeah. so far I've put in a lot of hard work but that hard work's just the start really for me it's just this is I'm, I'm at the building block stage in terms of career um, so I've got as I've said four roles paid in three of them ultimately my, my aim is to to provide a, a comfortable living that my my wife doesn't need to work mm. she'll probably want to work um, and She's able to then look after a wee baby girl and hopefully at one point down the line a, a wee brother for my wee lassie. But, mm. um, aye, it's just life Life can be that simple if you make it that simple. And that's probably the thing that I've realised through my, my path so far is trying to in the moment a wee bit more trying not to worry too much about the future. Yeah. Um, because you can only live in that moment because you don't know what the future's holding. You can mm. try and make sure you get what you want in the future, but it doesn't mean you all get what you want in the future. 
yeah yeah and uh, i want to um before i do end it i do want to ask uh, for your social media again because although we have already got it i know what it is it's better just in case anybody's listened to you know select parts to get it right at the very end so do you want to see your social medias again yep so you can get me on twitter facebook and instagram by searching for either the glasgow football coach or at the glasgow fc and LinkedIn, just look for Derek Johnston and you'll see this ugly ginger cooking and it will say um, Soccer Academy's coach at Rangers Football Club and Edinburgh Napier University next to it. Yeah, and thank you very much, man. I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate everybody that's watching. And the thing is as well is that, as everybody will know, that you can feel free to reach out you know, to him or to me or to anybody. But more importantly, before you do that, I think you should... Just look in the mirror and say, like, I am struggling. Just that. Even those three words, four words, whatever it was, just that. And I think that's it. So uh, thank you, everybody, for much for watching. Again, thank you to yourself. And uh, have a nice day. Like, comment, subscribe, and I'll catch you in the next one.